Grace, mercy, and peace be yours today from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Everyone dies. And when you die, you go to heaven or you go to hell. Now, heaven is a place of pure peace and of joy. Heaven lasts forever. Heaven is God's gift to unworthy sinners. Heaven has been earned by Jesus Christ. Earned by Jesus because hell, hell is what we deserve. Hell is a place of eternal suffering. Hell is the punishment earned by sins. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Heaven is a free gift. Now, it's very true that more people believe in heaven than believe in hell. People want a positive religion. People want to believe only in something that provides just hope. No one wants a religion that teaches eternal damnation. More people believe in heaven then believe in hell. Most of the world, actually. In fact, Jehovah's Witnesses and Seventh-day Adventists, they formally and confessionally deny the very existence of hell. Formally denying that the wages of sin is death. They might say, well, there's no way a, a loving God would send anyone to a place of eternal torment. There's many other Protestants that deny the existence of hell. Even some Roman Catholics deny hell. Many would also say there is a hell, but no one actually goes there. Jesus teaches us about heaven and hell in today's gospel. They are real places. Real people go there. And the real people that go there stay there. Now at the resurrection of the dead on that last day, those who are in heaven rejoin their bodies from graves and from ashes, and they shall be glorified. And they shall stay in the new heavens and the new earth. The free gift of God in Christ Jesus. But at that very same resurrection, those who are in hell shall also rejoin their bodies from graves and ashes. But no glory shall be given. A sentence will be pronounced by the word of God right out of his mouth. It's a very public condemnation on the last day for a very eternal misery. Now, no one plans on the resurrection happening anytime soon. Likewise, no one plans on dying anytime soon. 
But here we are. Here we are, teetering on the edge of eternity. Today could be your last day living on earth. It might even happen in your sleep tonight. You are going to die. It's not a question of whether you are going to die, but only a question of when. Next week? Next year? Or today? Are you ready to die? The rich man was not. Lazarus was. Now, to be sure, the rich man did not go to hell because he was rich. And Lazarus did not go to heaven because he was poor. There is no sin in being rich. Consider the blessings of Abraham. Consider the blessings of Job on his last days. Consider the blessings of David. All of them ended their time on earth with great wealth, and they went to heaven. It's also true that poor people go to hell. There is no sin in being rich, and it is not a virtue to be poor. God loves the rich, and God loves the poor. The rich man went to hell because he rejected the God of love revealed in Jesus Christ. The rich man rejected Jesus who forgives undeserving sinners. The rich man rejected God and worshipped his wealth instead. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus said so. The rich man worshipped money. He bound himself to it. He trusted it. Well, the rich man's God failed him miserably. At the time in his life when the rich man needed most that which he trusted, his God pulled the rug out from under him. The money, the mammon that the rich man trusted was headed toward destruction. Everything in this world is headed towards destruction. And to trust into things, to trust in things that will be destroyed is to embrace destruction. It is to choose hell for your home. The rich man even knew the Bible. The rich man had heard it preached, he had heard it read. The rich man called out for Father Abraham. He knew what Moses and the prophets taught. But he trusted in his money, which is to despise God. The rich man trusted in his nice clothes and his beautiful home and the best food and a healthy bank account. Now, the rich are usually highly regarded. They're admired by the world, admired by mankind. But the world does not see the rich man's sin. But Jesus even doesn't, he doesn't even describe him as a, as a thief 
or a murderer, this rich man is a successful church-going man who went to hell. He went to hell because he trusted his riches. Even just before this, Jesus had just finished rebuking Pharisees for their love of money. The thinking of the rich man in our gospel is a trap. The thinking of the Pharisees and their money is a trap. Their thinking is this. If you are rich, that must mean that God favors you. Wealth is a divine blessing. Now, to be sure, the wealthy do have a special status before mankind. If you are a poor man and are looking for money, you go to a rich man. For another poor man has nothing to offer. The rich man thinks that if men honor him, men honor him then God must honor him too. The rich man in today's gospel is a fool. Paul speaks to the Philippi church. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. When your God is money, you will never be content. Satisfaction is always tomorrow and never today. What does it mean to be content? Well, Paul writes to Timothy and lines up contentment with godliness. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Godliness with contentment. And we have to remember the lesson of this rich man to believe that God exists, as the rich man called Abraham father, is not the same as believing in God. Even the demons believe that there is a God, and they shudder. Believing in God is the one true faith. Now, faith and love, a major topic of our epistle today, faith and love are bound together. We receive God's love in Christ through faith in the gospel. And our faith, believing in God, receives God's love. And as God loves us, he freely forgives all our sins for the sake of of Jesus Christ. In this, our Christian faith, the love that we receive is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. 
Love is brought into your lives. We believe. We love. We love because of what we believe. We love as we have been loved. That is how faith and love go together. The rich man did not love because he had not received love. He did not have faith. He was an unbeliever. The gospel of the forgiveness of sins, that church-going man is not interested. Sound theology, good biblical teaching, irrelevant to my house, my car, and my dinner tonight. When the preacher preached forgiveness of sins, the rich man's mind wandered off. What does he care? Life is grand for him, a life of luxury. Everything that he wanted, he had. But the rich man did not want God. So, the rich man did not have God. Faith, though, believing in God. Now, faith in the things that you can see, can buy, faith in the things that you can touch and taste, cannot coexist with faith in the invisible God. In the same way, love for what you can see cannot exist with the love for the things you cannot see. In fact, the love for the things that you can buy crowds out all other kinds of love. Now, certainly, the rich man did the poor man Lazarus no harm. But he didn't do him any good either. He didn't love him. Because he couldn't love him. The rich man's heart was devoted to a God that crowded out any other kind of love. The God of loving your money is a cruel God. That God will not tolerate competition. That cruel God, on the last day of your life on earth, will abandon you. Now Lazarus looked pretty terrible. He was sick, he was hungry, he was poorly clothed, and he could clearly see the things that he could not have. Lazarus appeared to be a very poor man. Now the name Lazarus means God is my help. It often appears that God has abandoned his children offering no help. But yes, appearances are deceiving. God would not leave Lazarus in poverty. God came to him in his word. God brought him to faith. God loved that poor beggar. And Lazarus, in the one true Christian faith, was sustained by God. In fact, his faith was vindicated. The rich man's soul goes to hell. 
and Lazarus was taken to the bosom of Abraham. Abraham, the father of the faithful, who simply believed what God had said. Lazarus now was honored. He was loved. He was filled with joy, filled with comfort. Even though during his time on earth, Lazarus was denied the comfort of material wealth. But that material wealth did not define Lazarus. True wealth is hidden. And when it is hidden, it's always hidden beneath poverty and suffering. So how do we know if we have true wealth? Well, we are wealthy beyond all measure when we have God's word. The rich man's poverty of God's word was crystal clear as he spoke from hell. The rich man had zero spiritual discernment. Hey, Abraham, send Lazarus back from the dead to talk to my brothers. Pray to Abraham? Abraham raised the dead? The rich man was truly a fool. Abraham told him what his brothers have. They have the Bible. They should listen to the Bible. No, Abraham, raise the dead. Then they will be rich in faith. If you don't believe the wealth of the Bible, then you will not believe even if someone were to rise from the dead. Faith comes from God's word and nowhere else. Nowhere. People want signs and wonders. People want to put God to the test. Prove yourself, God. But no. If the gospel of forgiveness of sins for Christ's sake does not convert a sinner, nothing will. Those who despise, those who despise God's word cannot be saved. So, compare your earthly possessions on one side and compare that to God's word. Be the judge. Weigh them out. What's their value relative to each other? Money promises you what your eyes can now see. But in the end, it cannot deliver. It will fail you when you die. It cannot bring you from death to life. On the other hand, is God's word. God's word promises you what your eyes cannot see right now. And in the end, it will deliver. You cannot see the holy blood of Christ washing away your sin. But in heaven, you'll experience the purity, the cleanliness, the holiness, the innocence, the blessedness. You will see God face to face and you will not shrivel in fear. You will embrace that vision with pure joy. 
Just like you don't see Jesus stomping out the devil under his feet, but you will see the result. Jesus Christ, exalted in victory in heaven, exalted over the devil and all evil. Now you cannot see or even imagine the wisdom of the world being brought to nothing. But in heaven, you will. And you will know God, just as he knows you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.